Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Hello, Root of Power podcast fam. Y'all, we have Sarah Ramsey back because she was so good the first time. And she reached out and she was like, I am writing a new book, which amazing. So jealous. Love it for you. And I was like, yes, please bless us again with all this knowledge. And she has a framework for decision-making that like, I know so many people struggle with, and I'm excited to hear the framework. Cause I feel like every time I talk to you, I'm just like my, I just get so many good chicken nuggies and I'm like, I want more chicken nuggies. So dude, welcome back. Like, hi. Yay. Well, Amanda is like my girl crush. I mean, you know, it was so funny. Cause then you came on my podcast and yes. it was just this whole like thing. Cause we were just like, are I just we love soulmates? You. Like I feel Maybe. like <laughs> we might be, we might, we might be. be. Everything you would say, it it was like, yes, like that's exactly how I would say it or whatever. So entrepreneur mates, I don't know. How do we call it? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. No, it's yes. Yeah. So super excited. So my past work has been in um, toxic relationships, helping people become toxic person proof. My first book, becoming toxic person proof. Um, And obviously after a very controlling parent partner, whatever it boss, whatever it yeah. is, your kind of decision-making muscles are just like messed up. Yeah. Right. There's something just tell us of, why, why does that? Yeah. Uh, well, absolutely. So when your main, I use the term, what problem are you trying to solve? Okay. Okay. So if you're in a toxic relationship, typically the problem you're trying to solve is how do I not take them off? How do I make them happy? How do I not make them mad? How do I get through the day? How do I avoid a blow up? Okay, so those become the main problems you're trying to solve. Okay. But yes, how to not tick off your parent or partner or boss, it's not necessarily translatable in decisions that are in your best interest. Right. 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 As you build a future, build a life, parent build a business, whatever it is, like the skill set of how do I not tick off other people? Mm-hmm. Hashtag people pleasing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because the focus right. is wrong. Like we're making them the sun instead of making us yes. the sun. So the focus yes. is literally backwards. Yes. Like, obviously I call it, um, building a prison one bar at a time. So mm-hmm. like every single time we, outsource our power every single time we outsource our happiness our choices we self-betray it's like we we take another but they hand us another bar and we take it and we say okay this this is the new prison like this is my new limit this is the new thing and pretty soon we end up with a life that like we don't choose we don't choose because we're always trying we're always choosing them and it's like such a space I feel like a lot of people don't talk about how fucking miserable and like draining that space is. 
to never have control of your own life or learn how to make decisions is so, so, so energy intensive, but I feel like that's not talked about a lot. Well, and my whole spiel, right? Like my whole business, like every single thing, they literally call me the success fairy. And they're like, how are your women getting promotions? How are they doing this? How are they keep getting raises? How? Well, because exactly what you just said, that concept, there's so much energy put into how do I avoid making them mad, them, how do I make them happy? How do I make them look good? How do I make myself small? So they are okay. Okay. Let's just take that same amount of energy. It's not more work, right? It's literally less work. I'm asking you to do less work and make more money. Right. Not more money. You, yes, more money, but not only more money, right? Like not only more money. No, more, yeah. you're just life. I, more thank life. you for saying that because I say that all the mm-hmm. time and I feel like people don't get it. Like it's literally the same amount of work, except it actually works. Yes. So like you make one or two decisions and things continue to roll on versus having to make a million decisions and none of them actually work. Mm -hmm. It's like when Mm -hmm. you, when you like Jerry rig something instead of just (laughs) fixing it. Yeah. Like you have to keep Jerry rigging it forever instead of just fixing it right the first time. Mm -hmm. Then it works. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God. Yes. Why, why do, where am I going with this? Why do toxic people Mm -hmm. train you not to make decisions? Why do they train women, men to center them instead of themselves? Like, why does that dynamic happen? Because I think a lot of people don't think about it either. So my favorite way to explain this is the concept of taking turns. Okay. Okay. Preschool children are taught to take turns. This is ideally. a very basic, yeah, right. ideally, but I mean, if you go to kindergarten, if you go to preschool, I mean, right. at, at some point, some adults said you have to learn how to take turns. It is right. as basic to our humanity as going potty, like yeah. that, like young and early, like, yeah. no, that's Johnny's turn. We need to give that right, back right. to her or what, you know, whatever. And um, so that's a very basic concept that maybe we'll say be generous and say 5% of humanity just missed. And that's sure. incredibly generous. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. means they were homeschooled. They were probably only child homeschooled. Sure. It yeah. was always their turn, right? Well, toxic people think it's always their turn, but they're adults, right? So yeah. it's like, well, who gets the money? Oh, it's my turn. Who gets mm. their their moods? Well, it's my turn. Mm. Who gets uh, the best end of the deal? Well, it's my turn. Who gets the advantage in this situation? Well, it's my turn. Who gets to avoid yeah. responsibility? Well, it's my turn, right? So it's literally always their turn. Chicken nuggies. Chicken nuggies, right? Chicken yeah. Nuggies. That's, <laughs> and, and that's where, and I mean, I know you understand, like, I believe gaslighting is real. I believe trauma bonding is real. Obviously Obviously, all those things, but sometimes our, this is such a new concept in narcissism and personality disorders. And it's a new conversation when you think about the last hundred years and last however many years there have been humans, you know, there it's a very new conversation. And so sometimes a concept like trauma bonding is just really complicated. Like, yeah, what is a toxic big, person? Yeah, what, right. what is this? It gets so big and so complicated. And it's like, Hey, if you're with a 50 year old who hasn't figured out how to take turns, 
let yeah. let's guess I'm not betting my money on them changing <laughs> you know what's so funny I was talking to my friends about this Sunday night I think and I was saying I love that you mentioned a 50 year old so I'm 31 and I was saying that there are some red flags for decision makings right and toxic people in general one is a big age gap mm-hmm. and they were like, well, I don't see anything wrong with an age gap. And I said, listen, if a 20 year old is dating a 40 year old, I want you to think about why. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, maybe they have things in common. I said, what the fuck does a 20 year old have in common with a 40? Yeah. Thank you. That was my face. And I said, they want to groom them. Yes. They want to groom them. So a lot of, yes. a, a lot of, and I know that you know this, but I want to explain it for our, our listeners. Yes. I was going to say readers, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, A lot of people who are toxic, who believe it's always their turn, believe a couple other things. One is that their partner, their child, their whatever, literally doesn't deserve to make choices. They don't deserve to have a say. It's like the, um, the belief that like kids should be seen and not heard, but like taken to the extreme, your partner should be seen not heard your employees should be seen and not heard, but it's like obviously the extreme level. And so they don't think you deserve a say. And if you grew up in that dynamic, you would think that was your normal. If you grew up in a house that speaks English, you're going to speak English as an adult. If you grew up in a house that speaks silence and compliance, you're going to find someone who fits that narrative because you don't know any differently. And then you compound that with the fact that a lot of these people will grow older but their partners stay the same age or their employees stay the same age. And it's like, it's when you recognize the pattern, I think it's so easy to recognize, but a lot of people, thank God we're talking about it. A lot of people don't know enough to recognize patterns. Not that like, listen, don't come at me age difference people. They're like, my husband and I are 10 ages. I don't care. Like sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. It is just something to be aware of. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. To coll- I call it collecting data. Thank you. Yes. You know, and, and there's kind of this concept of like, that's weird. Okay. So I don't know why. It, yeah. So it's like, it, it's like, okay, that's weird. Let's just collect more data. Just be right. aware. It's not right. just like, this is a great idea. Like lean in and <laughs> right. lean in wonderful. And so, um, I mean, I used to teach a, a mental health I ran a mental health campaign for teens. Okay. Amazing. In my local area, there was a cheerleader who was killed. I'm obsessed by her with friends. Oh. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Um, there was a cheerleader who was killed by her boyfriend. Her yeah. name was Emma Walker. Um, and you, ah, poor thing. Like, her color was purple, you, you know, your hair, mm. but like, yeah, when I've done stuff, I've worn purple, like it's ah. the domestic violence and it was her favorite color. And like, it's just a mm. terribly Connection. tragic story. Right. There's like a dateline. Like on, I mean, it was yeah. like in my area, but it was this like national news and stuff. And um, within that concept, the main thing I taught teens, okay, is that you are used to having parents mm-hmm. or teachers. Like if, at that time, there there are authority figures that was appropriate. Right. You're used to okay? a power differential. You're used to, yes. But in a romantic relationship, it should not feel that way. Right. Right. At that point, you need to feel even, you need to feel like a match, you need to feel like partners. And quite honestly, I think that's why people through no fault of their own, just this is a new conversation. Mm-hmm. Like even if there's not been dysfunction in the child childhood and stuff, it's like, whoa, 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 
to that age group, even a 20 something, it's normal right. to have, have a power imbalance. Figures, to have a power imbalance. That's so then so this 40 true. year old is swooping in to pick up the 20 year old mm-hmm. who is already just because they're 20 is used to that power. Right. Imbalance. I never thought about that. That was the, that was the easiest way I could teach yeah. teens. You're super right. Because I was like, oh, yeah, you're used to parents. You're used to kind of having to do what people say, them having yeah. more say than you. It's kind of mainly being your parents' turn. Right. And it, there's everything was functioning. Yeah. It's the toxic people that swoop in right. and like. Why does it benefit advantage. them to take your decision making muscles away? <laughs> How does it not benefit them? Let's <laughs> talk about it. Because people don't yeah. know. Talk to me about yeah, it. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, it's always their turn. Uh, toxic people want to make the rules, mm-hmm. enforce the rules, mm-hmm. and break the rules. Can you Your job is to that. follow the rules. Yes, yes. So and that's when people say, what is a toxic relationship? I'll say that they can't take turns mm-hmm. for this concept. They get to make the rules. They get to enforce the rules. And they get to break the rules. Yeah. And it can be something and your job is to follow. Follow the rules. Without question. Immediately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And they can change the rules anytime they want. Right. Right. Because they're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, Lundy Bancroft, I think in his book, he said, it's like they they think of you as like their arm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if... I need hand surgery. Mm-hmm. I don't talk it over with my hands. If my hand is not doing what I want it to, I take it into the surgeon. I take it into the doctor. I put it in a brace. I put it in a cast. I get it right. cut open. I don't think, well, I think my hand isn't doing what it's supposed to do. So <laughs> I have every right in the entire world to make my hand do what it's supposed to do. Mm. And they get to decide what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they think of you as an extension, heartbreak, heartbreaking when it comes to kids. I yeah. mean, oh, yeah, it just ticks yes. me off. To That's honestly that, one know? of the reasons I don't work with kids. Yeah, because it's not the kids. No, they have no power. And then the interesting thing that we usually see is that the toxic person will pretend that the victim has power. Well, you made me do this. Well, I made this decision because you did X. So it's like they tie any bad decisions to, you know, the victim's behavior, which then I think reinforces the victims like that they think their decisions are effed up. They're like, oh, I made a decision and that was bad. So I better abandon all decision making because it only results in trouble. Yeah. And so they just abandon it. And in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like we have a need for safety, you know, and that's where it's like, these are survival skills that Mm -hmm. it took you. I talked to a friend yesterday, a male, um, and he said, I learned how to be a good problem solver Mm -hmm. because I was always having to figure out how to get my dad not to hit me. Wow. Right. So, you know, he's nearly 40 now and we were talking about the concept of problem solving and he's um, really good at uh, like coding and, you know, all these types of like advanced technical problems. And I said, well, well, 
it was a great skill set yeah. uh, with some really bad <laughs> really outcomes. Consequences, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, there's some real consequences because uh, that's it. But I, within my the next book, mm-hmm. what I what I see people really mess up on, okay, is really generalized concepts when it comes to, for instance, healing. Okay, okay. explain. For example, um, I want to be confident. Okay. Well, some people are confident going outside in a bikini uh, who would never be confident in a public speaking situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it's like, I want to work on my confidence. That's so broad. And you see so this broad. with healers, Amanda. Yeah. Right? Like you see this. They're like selling you confidence. Coach. <laughs> right. And it's like, mm, are you, what is that? <laughs> me? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, what does that even mean? Right. Like what? And I'm always asking people what? problem are you trying to solve right okay I want to feel good when I come out in a bikini at the beach is an entirely different action (coughs) you know you know what's wild (coughs) is people who struggle to make decisions can't answer that question exactly okay that's because that's a decision right that's a decision and that's why we start there and I was like look and I will not work with people who cannot tell me what problems they're trying to solve because you'll never be happy because you have no idea what you're wanting to do. Right. And so sometimes I'll give people kind of a menu to choose from. Right. Right. Like what, yeah. What to say specifically. Yeah. Like, you know, um, when other people are crossing my boundaries, what language do I need to use? Sure. That is a very specific problem Mm -hmm. to solve. Yeah. Confidence is not a specific right. problem to solve. You know what I get a lot is I want to be happy. And I'm like, yeah. amazing. I actually give people a framework for that. So happiness yeah. and decision-making are very, very, very closely related. Because if you can make decisions, you make decisions that make you happy. <laughs> if we can't make decisions, you are unhappy because nothing in your life is yours. Nothing is your choosing and I, I don't know that people make that connection, but if you can't, and it, it can be as simple. I work with a lot of people who cannot, <laughs> and here's how I know if they've had uh, an imbalanced relationship. I say, do you struggle to figure out what to eat for dinner? Mm-hmm. And they're, because I already know the answer. Cause I see enough people mm-hmm. like it and they're like, oh my God, I can never choose what, what to eat for dinner. And I'm like, your decision making muscle is so atrophied that you can't decide what to eat. Like that is a problem. If you can't decide what to eat, you can't decide what career you love, what kind of partner you want, where you want to live, how you want your house to look, what you want to wear. And people want to make these huge, huge, huge decisions. What, what's my purpose in life? Bitch, you can't figure out what to eat for dinner. (laughs) Like We're not at purpose yet. Well, I asked this person recently and I said, um, you know, what problem are you trying to solve? And they said, you know, I'm having all these issues in dating, you sure. know, and I said, okay. And I said, so what has your healing strategy been? Like, what has your strategy yeah. been to match that problem? Question. And she said, well, I've been working with someone. Um, and I said, awesome. Are they a dating specialist? Is they specialize in dating? And she said, no, it's my minister. And I like her pastor at her church or whatever, who yeah. is a guy. Sure. who hasn't dated in 20 or 30 years, who hasn't been in a toxic relationship. And I, and <laughs> she has heard enough of my work. She goes, yeah. I know what you're going to say about that. And I said, 
it's not about me. Right. Like that is a terrible strategy. I had right. someone else. You're asking the said, wrong person. No. Yeah. I said, what are you doing to try to heal from a toxic relationship? Mm-hmm. And she said, I've been hiking and spending time in nature. And I said, awesome. Can you send me some statistics about people who hike are less likely to be taken advantage of by toxic people than people who don't hike? Did they realize they were being taken to church? <laughs> well, they were like, they always like kind of laugh and they that know exactly hilarious. what I'm doing, but right. I'm like, it's not, it's not a party trick. Right. Like there's nothing nice about mm-hmm. somebody walking. You go to the doctor and um, you have a strep throat. Okay. So you need yeah. antibiotics, but there's nothing mean about the doctor saying, you know, well, I'm going to give you the wrong medicine <laughs> just because right. you asked for it. Like that's <laughs> not nice. Right. So part of right? And that, I think that relates back to decisions too, because I think the decision to get support is hard. It's very hard for people to make like facts. It's hard for people to make, but it is also a decision. So a decision to get support also means a decision to dig through your wounds also means a decision to hold yourself accountable, to hold them accountable to be sad, to be angry, to feel all those feelings. And all of those are decisions that you have to make along the way. Like I say all the time, this process is not for cowards. Mm -hmm. People who choose to stay there, and this is going to sound harsh and I say it with love, are cowards. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mean that as in they're bad people, but if you want what you say you want, you have to be courageous enough to go get it and to get support. So, and support also looks like having the right support. Oh, they, they, this other lady recently, she said, Oh, I've been trying to heal for 20 years. And I said, okay, what have you been doing to try to heal for 20 years? And she said, I've been working with this counselor. I said, what does the counselor specialize in? And she says, grief counseling. If you've lost a child, I said, you haven't lost a child. Why have you been doing that for 20 years? And that's why I'm so like, God, really screaming, like, what yeah. problem are you trying to solve? Right. Does it match your healing strategy? Right. Don't tell me scars last forever. Don't tell me you can never heal from trauma. Oh, you can. Don't tell me you have flipping PTSD. Are you solving the right problem or are you right. walking in circles? Yeah. Like, it's it, it, it so very first, what problem are you trying to solve mm-hmm. is, is obviously the beginning of the framework. Right. And there's a whole what chapter in my book about who can help me solve that problem. Amazing. Because that a lot of people, a lot of people who don't know how to make decisions also don't know how to find information. Does that make sense? And like synthesize it. Yeah. So that's part of it. I do. Well, and I do want to be kind. Like when I started looking up narcissism in 1920, it was like never mentioned. And in 2020, it's like, you know, every article in the whole Every ex is a narcissist, which I hate, but that's another conversation. Well, so I want to say, have kindness with people who were duped. You know, when I'm talking to someone who was in their Mm -hmm. 60s and they're recovering from a toxic relationship, they really did not have the information that, you know, the next generation is going to have. Or the I want to say, or the free, oh yeah. Or the free, yeah. Or the yeah. You couldn't get a so credit card until the seventies. Yeah. Those... And it was, it wasn't illegal to hit your wife until the seventies. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what, even we like had these domestic violence awareness campaigns and people like, why don't you jump on the bandwagon? I said, do we really need an awareness campaign that you shouldn't hit your wife? <laughs> that's a wrong conversation. I just want to say, 
that is not an awareness. I, I do right. lots of domestic right. violence work. It's a consequence. I do not need to do domestic violence awareness. It's like, right. hey, let's not talk about cancer until we're at the stage four. Like I'm in the preventative right. cancer conversation, not right. the, oh, well. Let's Don't hate your wife. Stage four cancer awareness. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, mm. Which, anyway. to be fair, is a good conversation, but also it's don't let toxic people stay don't let them stay like but that also again is a decision you have to choose to put yourself first that's a decision so which leads me to the next part of the framework so one what problem are you trying to solve Mm -hmm. two is this your problem to solve if you ask those two questions and you really get the right answers your entire life will change. You will have more time. You will have more energy. Yeah. You will have more power. You will have more money. You will like yourself more. You will, yep. I mean, every single literally day, everything that, literally everything, your work problems get better. Your problems with adult kids get better. Yeah. Your, I mean, and, <laughs> I love that. So what happens it, if the answer is no, it's not my problem to solve. Uh, move on to find a problem that is yours to solve. How much do you see people struggle with that? Because I can tell you how much I see people struggle. They're like, but I want to help. It's not your Mm. problem. (laughs) And and I say, so my biggest pet peeve other than toxic people and healing strategies not working are people who say I'm great at giving advice, but I don't take my own advice. So you're a liar. That's exactly what I say. So you're a liar. I say, so you're dishonest because I guarantee you with all my toxic person proof stuff, Amanda, you and I don't live that far away. If you came to my house, we met in Nashville sometime Uh for dinner. Okay. And you see Oh yeah. No, no, really. We can do this. Yeah. Uh, So we're chilling out in Asheville and you see my husband berate me, talk down to me, talk terrible to me. I'm assuming it would change your perception of me. And I'm, I think it should, (laughs) I I think you should say, whoa, this girl's been talking about toxic relationships. And then her husband just called her a bitch at dinner. Right. And it like makes you untrustworthy. And then you are living outside of your integrity. And again, I love this conversation. Like I just, yes, to everything, everything that's happening. Um, Living within your integrity is a series Mm -hmm. of decisions. Like mm-hmm. if you practice what you preach, practicing something is intentional. You don't yeah. accidentally live in your integrity. You don't accidentally yeah. live according to your values. Like that is extremely intentional. And I love that you go with decision-making because I think, you know, if we're talking about a pyramid, right? Kind of like Maslow's hierarchy is a, is typically in a pyramid form mm-hmm. and you can't turn the pyramid upside down because it won't like exist, obviously. Um, so I, what am I trying to say? I feel like the foundation of living intentionally, I love that you started decision-making because that is the foundation. You don't even know, right? Making, deciding what your values are, deciding what your values are is is a decision. Mm -hmm. Deciding to practice them, decision. Like if you can't make decisions, you can't figure out who you are. You can't change your mind if they no longer fit. Um, you can't intentionally do, you literally have no intention. Like you are just an amoeba floating through life in a prison and it sucks. And like, 
think about who you respect, like people who have the <laughs> self-integrity to solve their own problems. That's harsh. <laughs> right. right? And, and I love, so one of my rules as a therapist and coach is that I don't lie. I will never lie to my clients, even if they don't want to hear what I have to say. Like, I'm not in the business of lying. It's not going to happen. Sure. I don't lie to them. I don't lie to me, whatever. And I use, yes, Kitty, I use language that can sound very, very harsh for a reason. Because if we're not calling things what they are, if I'm not saying, hey, you don't respect yourself, they get to lie and say, well, I, I struggle to love myself. You struggle to love yourself because you don't respect yourself. And we don't take mm-hmm. care of things that we don't value. Mm-hmm. And I think people would be shocked in all my training and all mm-hmm. the toxic person proof stuff I do. I never talk about self-worth. Because it's not, ever. that's a byproduct. I, t- I talk it's about self-integrity. If you have self-integrity, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I, I then you have up, self-worth. Then you, yeah, self-worth's not an issue. And all of those but are if you're, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what problem are you trying to solve? Get really clear. If you get um, stuck, you can write what problem am I trying to solve like seven times, like in in several levels. Oh yeah, so you go like deeper, like layers. Yes, yes. And typically what I want you to see, because the most important part is I I was on um, uh, somebody's training thing and they were like, man, you're really action oriented. And I said, no, I'm results oriented. (laughs) (laughs) And for me to get the outcomes I want, I have to do something different or I have to have some type of action attached. Right. It's not just like self-worth is just such, it's such a passive. I just want to be like, I just right. want to be. And it's like, I want to be better. Right. I want to be right. loved. I want to be successful. I think it's, it's too cloudy. If that makes sense. Like there's yes. no, there's no path to like, I mean, there are okay, a million yes. paths to self-love, but if you say, I yes, want to yes, love yes. myself, people will start with like affirmations in the mirror. And I'm like, that ain't it. Boo. It's easy because that ain't it's it, easy. Boo. Yeah. No, it's not because it. it's easy. Right. Yeah. And I had someone say me, they're like, Oh, you should do affirmations. I said, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I was like to my clients. They were talking about yeah. my clients. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, no, why would right. I do, why would I do something that I have not seen create results in people's life? Yeah. That is out of my integrity. Yeah. I will give them every chicken nugget that I give them is attached to a result. Yeah. And it's dishonest for me to just blow smoke yeah. up their ass. And affirmations take a certain level. Like if the gap is too big, they don't work because your body knows you're lying. And again, Uh if you're a liar, things don't work out for you. So I don't know if you see this too, but once people start going through this process with decision-making, for me, I can always tell a point where things tip and things Mm -hmm. start happening for them. And that's how I know we're on the downswing of our work together. Because like I have a client right now who was a client a while ago, like, school fell into place for them. Traveling fell into place for them. Like selling their house fell into place for them. Like job opportunities fell into place for them. And they're just like, they messaged me this morning. They were like, I am literally crying because things are falling into place so beautifully. And I'm like, that's because you are in your integrity. You're doing the right work and the universe shows up for you. So part of decision-making too is deciding to keep going. Even when you don't have all the evidence Yes. Until you do see the evidence. And that is such a beautiful thing to see. Because you're so also you solving your about, problems and not other people. Yes. 
so you talked about that path, like you were talking mm -hmm. about a path. And so even if the what problem am I trying to solve, you asking that seven times, mm -hmm. most of those will create their own action plan. True. Right. And you don't need as much as Amanda and I both like still work with people and still do this. Yeah. Most of the time you are very capable of solving your own problems because oh, yeah. almost always those levels deeps, you could Google those answers. Like you can't Google, right. what do you really need to do? But right. once you like, okay, the problems I'm trying to solve, right. how do I have a better conversation? How yeah. do I, um, Googleable. you know, so very doable. Okay. Yeah. And something else I want you to kind of like, if you had this, I don't have sticky notes beside me, but if you had a sticky note on each of those things, is this an emotional problem to solve Ooh. or a practical problem to solve? Good question. Or a legal problem to solve or a Good communication question. problem to solve. Or, you know, you can start to label those. I, yeah. I can't even begin to tell you how this will change your life. What problem are you trying to solve? Getting clear about what problem you're trying to solve. I love this. Solving your own problems. Mm -hmm. Taking five minutes. Action plan. T -t 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 okay. Yep. I can Google all these answers. Whoa. Which builds okay. confidence. Yes. So it, then it people are results. like, I want to be confident. But results build confidence. And yes. practice builds confidence. So then when people say, I want to be confident, it's like, okay, we'll take your life in your own hands. Figure <laughs> it out. Learn that you can yes. figure it out. That builds confidence. Because it's not yes. that confident people are always good at the thing they're doing. They're just willing to try. Well, and Amanda, I'm at a different place. Like it, it's interesting building this concept of decision-making mm -hmm. and, and the next book. I was not nervous about my first book. I was yeah. not nervous about launching my podcast. That's I funny. was not nervous about any of that stuff because I was going like this, mm -hmm. right? But now I've got some like real results happening, you know, yeah. like people, not that I'm a household name by any means, but there's plenty of people in the space too. <laughs> not yet, but there's plenty of people who, if, if I, if I took a professional nosedive at this point, it would mean a lot. It would be a lot more dangerous. The fall would be a lot harder than it was when I, I was see. starting. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And so it's yeah. interesting. I think I am one of the most confident people, like truly just like I'll figure it out. And yeah. that's, that's what confidence is to me. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I can figure it out. We'll yeah. see what happens. I can figure it out. And it's interesting, this new framework, yeah. and this new stuff I'm putting out that I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. Like the toxic people stuff, man, I am just so yeah aligned. I am just so this and this, it's kind of like, okay, is this going to work? Is this, it's going to yeah. work. And, and so I say that to your listeners to say, I'm, I'm literally I, one of the most confident. If, I, I'm just so confident, my self-integrity, yeah. I believe in myself. And yeah. when I'm having to try something new yeah. and I'm having to put out myself, put myself out there in a different way, mm -hmm. there's some, another level that I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Right. It's just because it's new. Yeah. Sure. Just because it's new. And mm -hmm. again, the decision to keep going, to see it through, to try is mm -hmm. another decision. Mm -hmm, another mm -hmm. decision. Yeah. 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 I love this. So much of it is the decision to just start and the decision to not stop. Very much so. And to, so I, I did a lie right before this. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to think about, so even in that seven layers deep, I do want you to try to get clarity about what problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. Okay. Cause then you can get an action plan. Right. But I want you to think about it as making a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're doing a puzzle, 
most people kind of find the corner pieces or the edges in Star Trek. Sure. But you could also say, oh, there's a cl- very clear dog here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get all the dog pieces and put them together. Yeah. I'm going to get all the river pieces and put them together. I'm going to get all the clock face pieces. All of that is right. Yeah. There is no like, well, if you don't start with the edges, the puzzle is right. not going to be put together. Yeah. And so as you look at that, if you do that seven levels and like, hey, what problem am I trying to solve? What problem am I trying to solve? Don't get into fancy procrastination <laughs> of, well, which is the right problem to solve? Right. Just pick one. Solve it. The, the, the right the one the first one is the right problem you know like right. the, the first one, that you, one you can pick. take action on right yeah it's not as if you have to get the edges of the corner pieces or uh, if you don't start with the dog or that I'll, I'll say the cat there's <laughs> okay yeah. if you don't if you don't start oh, with the cat there's no chance hi he likes um, to if you don't start with the cat there's no you're gonna right. be a failure like right. that's not the way it goes agreed I love this I love this. How long do you see it typically take for people to build the skill of decision-making? Wow. I've never been asked that question. Um, I, I'm going to go three months on this one. I'm trying to think agree. to see my clients on this. Mm-hmm. And um, there was, I posted something and it said, uh, it's the problem that toxic people act like toxic people or the problem that you stay and put up, get up with the toxic. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Is, and I was like, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked people, I, I said, what are your thoughts time. on this? Yeah. So I was collecting all this data. Mm-hmm. And my favorite answer was from one of my wondrous women who mm-hmm. has been trained in this decision-making process. And she yeah. said, the toxic people aren't your problem to solve. Solve your own problems. You're going to get results. And I was just like, and the crowd roars, <laughs> you know, because she was basically like, it doesn't matter. Right. It like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they're doing yeah. doesn't matter, you know, and um, she's somebody who's just kind of gone through my coursework. Mm-hmm. It's not even somebody I've worked with privately very often. Yeah, and it's just crazy. really like, that's why I'm so obsessed with the language around it. It's mm-hmm. like, how can yes. I say something in a way that drills that people say drills it. holes because that sounds but I'll say it shoots light beams into yeah, your, into your yes, shoots light beams. And it's like, as simple as it can be. Is this yeah. my problem to solve? Yes, no. Okay. You know what, you know what, what I find too is deciding to be up in other people's business is a great way to avoid your own work. And that's usually why people do it. Right. And, and especially yes. I'm going to say mothers, I am a mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be very honest and say, yeah. I have talked to thousands of women. Yeah. Very few of them complain about their fathers. And I'd be curious to know what you said about this, Amanda, even if their parent, even if their fathers were terrible, like I I hear them talk about their mothers and complain about their mothers and their mothers being in their business and their mothers not knowing that it's not their problem to solve and their mothers. And it's fascinating. And it's like, man, and part of that is just like an unfair societal expectation on mothers. Sure. I'm going to start with that. And part of it is I'm talking to women. If I was talking to men, they're typically complaining about their fathers in a, maybe stereotypical. I'm just kind of. No, I think it's most mothers. But I'll, right? I'll, I'll tell you what I find is it's typically because fathers are so absent. It's because they're so checked out. So the wound is different. So unfair. I mean, it's, I'm a mother. Tends it, it's to be different. really, unfair. yeah, it's really unfair. I, the I'm wounding tends to be different. Unfair. 
but you're, you're not yes. wrong when, when I have people with mother wounds, it is an, an over-involvement. It is an, I want my, so like, you know, in therapy, the, the stick is like, it's always the mom. It's not right. But oftentimes it is, it is the mom where parents don't heal. And so they're just way too involved. And what I, what I experience is a lot of women and men, but more women will come into their twenties and thirties and will emotionally outgrow their parents' maturity. And they struggle with that. And so they say, I don't understand. So like, you know, kind of their moms are like the original toxic person, not for everyone, obviously, but we all learn, we all have problematic parents. It's just, nobody's a perfect parent. Some are obviously worse than others. Um, but when we surpass that emotional maturity, I think a lot of people struggle with that because if you were never allowed to make decisions, if you were always prioritizing them, again, you make them the sun instead of you being the sun, instead of you being the center of the universe, you make them the center of the universe, which is normal when you're a child, because you need your parents to keep you alive. So, you know, they kind of have to center them, but as you become an adult, you should start to shift that. And then circling back to what you said earlier, unless you find someone to continue that authority role instead of becoming your own authority, which again, only happens by making decisions that are good and right and best for you. But that really is a process. It's a process. And I mean, I'm going to say it's part of it's unfair on the, on the mother expectation. Like I want to defend mothers a bit. And I was having a conversation with some ladies And one of them said, well, my husband wants to go away for a week, but I just don't think I can do it. I'm thinking about a weekend. You know, my kids are like having my right arm. Like if my kids aren't there, what are me and my husband even going to talk about? And what are we even going to do? Like, who am I without my kids? And I was like, man, if you were saying that in a therapist office about a spouse, right? Or a boyfriend. It would be codependent. It would be codependent. And we somehow give like this pass. I'm going to say society. Well, it's normalized. It's normalized. And yeah, but Mm -hmm. the conversations you and I are having with women, I want to go back and say society may be normalizing it. Your kids are not going to thank you for it at some point. Right. And you're not going to thank you for it. It's miserable. No. It's miserable to not belong to yourself. Like, and a lot of people don't understand until they go through this process and, and you are dead on when you say you have more energy, you have more clarity, you have more everything. When you're in the swamp, you don't realize how energetically exhausting it is to be in the swamp because it's your normal and it happens slowly, right? Like, it's not like, you know, it happens overnight, like this that momentum builds pretty slowly, but it's so energetically out of alignment with where humans are supposed to be. And the bigger the gap, the bigger the misery and the bigger the energy that we have to put into it to just exist. And people don't understand that until we start to close the gap, until who we are and who we want to be becomes much closer together. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is, it is so important, you know, because you, you said like, man, it's just a lot less scary to try to figure out who your kids are than who you are. It right. just is right. And, you know, to be fair for mothers, like your kids have to be your world for a short amount of time because you literally have to keep them alive when they're really small. But then I, I find a lot of mothers struggle as the kids transition to being older because you're just so used to making them your world. Cause 
you have to, like babies are very helpless, you know? Well, and I, there's a book called all joy, no fun. And it talks about uh, the modern day parenting. And so I, yeah, I told you before, I worked in that mental health campaign for teens. I would love for you to have less conflict with your teen. Like I do, yeah. I love teenagers. I hate that it's kind of this new, like, it, oh, it's normal for teens to be acting like terrible and like almost abusing no. their parents. I mean, it's just terrible. Some of the stories I hear are terrible. The pandemic's been really yeah. difficult on, yeah. you know, anyway, but I'm saying this to help you mm-hmm. not have conflict with your teens. Right. I'm telling you this so that your teens like you as adults. I'm telling you this to preserve. I'm not taking your babies away from you. Right. I am trying to set you up for success long-term and say, yes, in that book, I'll join a fun. It said, the most conflict comes from the parents who are most like, like in an unhealthy, in a codependent yeah, way, enmeshed. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way. Cause obviously yeah. I want you to be involved. Like, I yeah, mean, right. <laughs> Don't just throw your kids yeah. out to the wolves and you're like, figure it out. <laughs> no. And you know, I, I've fought recently, um, to get my son in a, in a private school. He loves school. Like, yeah, love school, love school. I was very concerned about him in a public school setting because I thought, man, our kids going to like make fun of him, but he likes school this much. Or, you know, I, I just thought that it could yeah. have gone really badly and who wants middle school to be even harder than it already is, God, you know? Right. And it's been a great situation. You know, I mean, all these things, uh, you know, my daughter, I just came back from a tournament with her this weekend for her sports. Like I am not talking about not being involved in your children's right, right. life. But being involved talk- appropriately. Yeah. I'm saying right. their life is not mine. And I need want to, to show apply up that to everyone. 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 Their life is not mine. Their life is not mine. I'm the support mm-hmm. staff and setting them up for them to have a life that is yeah. outside of me. Yes. Yeah. They need to grow up and be fully functioning humans. Do you have um, a filter for taking advice? Because I find a lot of people who struggle with decisions oh. will uh-huh. just beg and beg and beg and beg and beg for advice. They say, I don't know what to do. Will you tell me what to do? I don't know what to do. Will you tell me what to do? And even if they get advice, they like, don't take it. They just look for more advice. Do you, cause I, I have a framework for advice giving and I'm interested to see, to hear like what yours is for, like, if you don't know, right. Seeking knowledge from someone who has experience, who is knowledgeable, like that can be very valuable, but that doesn't mean their advice is always valuable. So what do you, like, what's your framework for someone who says, well, I really don't know what to do. I know that I don't know what to do. I know where I want to get. I just don't really know how to get there. Um, so I'm, I'm asking someone for advice. Like, how do people know if advice is even good for them? Typically, the advice I listen to is advice I asked about. Fair. Okay. I have probably, this is funny that you brought this up. I have probably had 15 to 20 people in the last two or three months tell me that I work too much. Cool. And I thought, you know what? I've never gone up to someone and say, I don't think you work enough. <laughs> because that would be rude. But you know what? I think what they said mm-hmm. to me was rude. Yeah. I did not ask. You didn't even opinion. ask. They just decided that you were no oh you just need to slow down I know you're always working I said one I love what I do right maybe you don't like to work because you hate your job yeah make a different decision (laughs) I love what 
I do. It's fun. I'm in my most creative self. I hire out everything I don't want to do. I wake up every morning to someone saying, you changed my life today. You work more. (laughs) I'm killing it over here. Like I am happy. Like I'm hitting it all bars. Like it's all good over here. Like I did not ask you your advice. I think a lot of people feel threatened Something I find about confidence is I have a very Mm. um, simple filter for if people feel confident in themselves and it works every time and it is dead on every time is to tell someone your dream. Mm. If they support your dream, they have self-confidence. If they immediately Mm -hmm. try and, but what about, but are you sure? Have you thought about that seems whatever. I immediately know that that person has no confidence in themselves because people who believe in themselves believe in you. So I wonder if that's like a threat thing and it may not be whatever, but no, I, I, and I don't want to assume like, Oh, I'm so great. Everyone's threatened, yeah. <laughs> but it's been interesting how my relationships have changed. Oh as yeah. My career has blown up. Yeah. Um, that's very, uh, telling. And I remember there, there I was is like, a shift. yeah, there, there is, is a shift. It's sad. It, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's sad. And I think, man, when I was not doing nearly as well, or when I was kind of pitiful, or when I was, you know, not, 15 not pounds heavier, or when yeah. I was this, people were nicer to me. They were. Like, when I was a little more pitiful, yeah. people were nicer to me. I and that think, says everything about them, and nothing about me. Right, like, and I, I was just going to say, like, talking about energy again, like, when people are when people are in alignment, when they live in their integrity, when they're doing what they say they're going to do, when they do what they want to do, when they make decisions that are right for them, that energy is so pure is like the, the brain, the word that my brain is using that it is literally repulsive, right? The people who are out of alignment, who don't live in their integrity, who refuse to make decisions. And so part of this decision-making process too, is understanding that like, you may lose some people. Not everyone is a loss, but it is still a loss, if that makes sense. But because that energy shifts, like some people will literally be repulsed by it because it proves that they're not doing what you can do. Does that make sense? Which I, well, and the people who I don't live, you know, in the same vicinity with sure. can easily look and say, well, things just kind of magically worked out for her. The people who I am in vicinity with, they see saw the how many times I said, I can't hang out tonight. I'm working till 10 when right. I was building this. I don't do that right. anymore, but you know, the first couple of years, right. and, or they say, man, she really took a lot of risks or man, she yeah. really invested a lot of money in and herself or man, like they know, yeah. like they know what it took. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and they know that I did it over and over and yeah. over. So it couldn't be an excuse of like, well, it just worked out for her. So I couldn't right. do it because it thinks just magically, there is no one in my life who thinks anything magically worked out for me. I have worked <laughs> my butt off yeah. and they've seen it. Right. And I love it. I'm so happy. I, I love it. I loved, I had a vision. I wanted to create it. I'm not yeah. painting myself as a victim here, um, but it did change yeah. things. And I never say them, well, you should be doing this or you should be doing right. that. I never, never. Cause that's a boundary issue for me. Cause you're, I'm you're also focused on your problem. Right. And if they ask me advice, I'll say, well, do you want me to talk to you as a friend or what I would talk to you about if you were one of my clients? And that's how I, that's how I say, it's kind of a boundary issue. I'm happy. 
Yeah. Which version of Sarah do you want advice from? <laughs> right. Because I can just listen to you complain and you can vent sure. to me and that's okay. You're yeah. my friend. I would not let my clients do it, but you know, right. that's fine. Right. You know, or but my husband. going to tell you, like, do, do some shit about it. Right. About but, it. but just, you know, it's a boundary issue. If you want me to tell you what you could do to solve this problem, I'm happy to do so. Right. Um, but I, not unless you ask, you know, because yeah, that fair. is a boundary issue for me. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I don't want to, mm, I don't want to come across as a know-it-all or even right. and, lose and my ability unsolicited to advice is unsolicited. Yeah. Exactly. And just it's just like, complaining about it. Yeah. I may as well teach my cows to sing opera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's best for you. So, so I want to give you my framework and I'm interested to see what you hear about it. So I have yeah. like three rules for advice. Yep. Um, okay. You have to go at 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was like looking at that. Right I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, no worries. Oh, we're getting really close. Yeah. No worries. So we'll, we'll end with this then. So my framework is, yeah. do they have the life that I want? Do they have the life that you yes. want? Because we're not going to yeah. ask people for shit that they haven't done what we do. Is it objectively true and or good advice? And then the most important filter, and I think you'll like this for decision-making, is it true for you? Mm-hmm. Even if it's objectively good advice, if it's not true for you, what difference does it make? Because so you have the most information. Right. Yeah. You have the most information of your own life. Right. And just like when people say you work too much, it's like, but, but I'm I like happy. what I mean, I'm, I'm energized. Right. If I want to take a nap, I will. If I want to go to bed early, I will. If I want to take a day off, I will. Like, where, where's the problem here? nowhere nowhere right and it may feel like a lot of work for you but yeah I have energy but you're thriving I'm showing up for my children I'm showing up for my husband like where you know so I so I love that you know you are the one with the most information I love that on your life but it's really hard to place to start from right and there's there's a lot I will I do want to say there's been a lot of healing and confidence yeah I, I I would that that's a really that yeah. conversation of like the advice giving is different. That, that's a little more intermediate and advanced. I would say, Amanda, you probably well, agree too. Yes. You Before you go, yourself. tell us how to find you. Yes. At SarahKRamsey.com. You can check out my book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof and my oh, podcast, my. Toxic Person Proof. And definitely check out my interview with Amanda and um, yeah. Uh, and I will reach back out to you when the book comes yeah. out on decision-making and problem-solving. Love you. It will be very soon. Thank you for I having me. You are the best. Y'all go be good. Go make decisions. Bye.